the garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning, good morning, gardeners, and welcome to Mid-South Gardening. We are here to answer your gardening questions and uh, listen to the fun stories you have. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How good are morning, you? Good morning, Kenneth. There's, good morning, everybody. There's Kenneth getting his act together. Playing musical uh, cars this morning. Uh, musical cars? Yeah, my uh, daughter's in town and my son. But both of them were in the, um, in the driveway this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I couldn't find any of their keys, you know, so... I couldn't go anywhere until I did. Right. They're not caring that Dad's getting up in the morning and no, trying to leave it. No, no, don't care at all. But good morning, Jim and Miss Veda. Um, two words. Plan ahead. <laughs> yeah, but see. I can't say that. I can't <laughs> say that. I didn't that. know any of this until I actually got up this morning and walked out to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I can't go through the front yard. Well, I could. Yeah, but you could. Well, you take really, that tree down you've been wanting to. I, you know I'm what? Just, if that tree was down, I could have gone through the went, I'm sure you would have went through. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Oh, well, let's see. You'd have some lawn care after that, wouldn't you? Yes, ma'am. So what would you do if you went through and put ruts in your yard? You know, I mean, I would, would you do sand or compost or bring more dirt in or any of the above? Yeah, that's what I'm fill thinking. in those ruts because it happens all the time. Just let the grass grow over. That or put real. a little sod down and you're done. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, yeah. Immediate satisfaction is what I'm all I about. I should be able to tell you that because I've done it. We all have. You done know, it. I've just ru- somebody's yard actually just rutted their yard up. Oh, it wasn't your own yard. So <laughs> no, I see where no. we're going with this. Of course, we fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do it the right way? Yes. Absolutely, because then we're, I was hoping they'd call us back for a landscape after that. <laughs> they weren't home, but I left a, a card on the door. Hey, but I made yeah. it here this morning. Here I am, guys. Hope everybody had a great week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of rain, you know, but uh, I'm not Hardly complaining. any. Didn't get much in Bartlett. Wow. See, you know, I used to have that dome. We always mm-hmm. talked about over my house. It's moved. To, well, it's always been over Yes, yeah, so it's, it's always been over Apparently Bartlett. smaller now. Mm. Well... Oh, well. Yeah, it was a good lesson for the crew on watering plants because um, by the time we got rain one time, everything was dry pretty, you know, right to that point. Yeah. And so it rained 20 minutes really good. Mm-hmm. So they said, ooh, we don't have to water. And so I went outside, and I'm trying to teach them by weight yeah. right now. I went outside and... Um, told them to pick up some of the shrubs and then pull them out of the bucket and look at their root system or the and the dirt and they were like it's not completely wet uh, uh, and i'm saying see 20 minutes of water like that of doesn't an, work reminds yeah. me of an irrigation system that was just mm-hmm. put in and people yeah. had boxwoods put in and then she showed me pictures of the boxwoods that were dying of dehydration mm-hmm. and i'm like oh She's like, well, I've, I, we just had an irrigation system put in. Mm-hmm. Let's put the math to that, okay? Yeah. You know, we, we tell people that the root zones on average of plants are about two and a half times the width. So let's just say that you bought, you had a Nellie Stevens holly. You bought little one years ago, and it's grown up. It's about five feet tall. And so it's it's probably got, um, you know, a 12, 15-foot um, yeah. root zone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, you decide to put another one beside it that matches. Yeah. All gotcha. right. Mm-hmm. Now, it's got, it's 
same height, but it's probably in a 15-gallon pot, so it's got about an 18-inch root ball. Mm-hmm. So we're planting that against an established holly. Right. Okay. So when you turn that water on, if you do the math, you know the power square kind of stuff, <laughs> then it comes Which, down to that that new plant is getting 9% of the water that that established plant is getting. Mm-hmm. So it ain't going to make it on that. 9%. Mm-hmm. 9%. Wow. 10%. That's basically 10% of, uh-huh. the, of the water that your established one's getting, and you wonder why it dies. Well, it's basically like in the Amen. garden center. The, uh, irrigation goes in circles, mm-hmm. but there's like the corners. Oh, yeah. And so they're getting an overspray. So they're probably getting that Well, but also we see where everything, you know, if the zones are perfect, okay, mm-hmm. and everything is getting water. But that water is penetrating one, maybe two inches down. Mm, right. Well, there's a whole lot more root system down there than one or two inches. Now, mm-hmm. if you were going to water your yard and it was bone dry, you would have to water it, turn it off. Because water it, turn it off for mm. a little bit. Because it'll just run right off your yard and not soak in. Well, I asked her, I said, go home and dig some pivot holes in these beds and see what that moisture content is. Mm-hmm. Down six or eight inches. See if it's gummy, muddy, or see if it's bone dry down there. It's going to mm-hmm. be probably one or the other. And, um, you know, she just she's like, you know what? You got a point there. I said, even under irrigation, under new plants, first of all, you have no idea how often the thing's coming on, how long mm-hmm. it's coming on. But for some reason, and I, and I hate to say this, and I love irrigation systems. Don't get me wrong. People have this, saw of this false sense of security that I've got an irrigation system mm-hmm. Yes, I've got brand new plantings out there, but I'm fine. If I've got a town, which they did, you know, for a week or two, Ooh. come back and things are dying. Jim's like you Even just with said. The irrigation. Yep. Yes, yep. ma'am. So, you know, that that's what I tell people when they ask, can I plant in the summer? Well, yes, you can, but you cannot go out of town. That's right. Yeah, I said all that's the time. just it. And I'm you might not. have to go out there with a hose you and will. soak these things once a week, even if you have irrigation. Now, we've seen the flip side of that also, where people have irrigation, mm-hmm. and it's like they are filling a lake, okay? Yeah. And you're getting way too much water out there, and too much water and not enough water. We know the end result is the same. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, who would ever think that watering would be such a complex issue? Yeah. I had a lady come into the garden center who actually worked at a garden center uh, North Carolina or South Carolina, and I ask, what is y'all's most difficult task? Mm. Not in uh, labor and not in uh, a lot of knowledge, but just for your crew, what's the most difficult task? And they're like, they said, teaching people how to water. No doubt. And, and let's see, I've been at another garden center for years and years and years, and same issue. So don't feel bad, y'all, because we have people that are working in the industry yeah. that are trying to learn it. And it is really a strategic, I think, how do we even make anything live? And then, I, you know, <laughs> and I was looking at pictures of these, of these plantings, these boxwoods in particular. And the other thing that I noticed was, and we see this a lot also, guys, is, you know, I love a light layer of mulch around my plants in my beds. It looks good. It helps hold that moisture in. It helps suppress the weeds. This thing, it looked like it had mounds of mulch in the bed. Yeah. Uh, so there were probably six or eight inches of mulch on mm-hmm. the top of the root zone of these plants. Well, first of all, you know, boxwoods hate a lot of mulch on their root system. That's number one. Secondly, Irrigation, you're going to have to pump a lot of water out there just to penetrate the mulch. And then once you do that, that water is going to stay there for mm-hmm. quite a while. So 
you know, go behind these people, these so-called experts, okay, and make sure that they don't have eight inches of mulch down in a new bed around these brand new plants. It's that simple, I'm telling you. And it looked good from the picture, but you start zooming in and you can see these little yeah. piles of mulch. Don't point. you love that? I'm like, what the, is the, going them on Them bringing pictures in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I do. So, Jim, we've all seen it. I know. Too much mulch, not enough mulch, too much water, not enough water, or we always say inadequate drainage. You can water exactly, perfectly the right way, but if you don't have the drainage that you should, a little prep work in that soil, same thing, right. same results. So, um, actually, that's another reason why compost comes in really, really handy because plants root quicker. And if you've got a compost that has all the minerals, uh, you know, a bag of soil, mm-hmm. bag of compost, you put that in with your plants and they're going to root quicker, which yeah. then makes it easier for you to endure this or the plant to endure the summer. But I'm going the people too. No doubt. And that's yeah. why I always dig in the hole just as deep as the root ball and twice as wide mm-hmm. also comes in. Do you plant. really? Yes, ma'am. Really? Yes, really? ma'am. Yes. How about you, Jim? Does he actually plant anything? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, if I dig a hole, if I dig a hole for anything, I'm digging that hole just as deep as the root well, ball, that. but I'm going twice as wide. Yeah. Now, I'm still going to mend the soil because mm-hmm. I want that water to wick away from the roots and if you shake your head you're gonna have to tell me why i want the water to wick away from the roots and not mm-hmm. set up under those roots well you know if you're in flower beds and all pre-bed pre-prep beds you don't have to do that no, but shrubs, if you are shrubs. in just the yard yeah i i almost get it to that point <laughs> it's a lot of digging all right we gotta run to a break real quick y'all call us 260-5926 that's 260-5926 we'll be right back the Lady 990, 107.9 FM, 990 AM, KWAM. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to Give us a call, 260-5926. You can stream us online anytime at kwamradio.com. Oh, you know, somebody came in this week, and, um, well, actually, she was the one interested in small uh, trees that have fall color, and I told her, do you listen to our show? And she said, no. And they're new to the town. And um, she took a picture of the board that we have because I don't have a card to hand to her. But anyway, and uh, I told her, you got to listen to our show. So I wrote, I told her, I'm going to write some names of the trees and then I'm going to write you uh, the show information, put like, it on the business card. Like and Mid-South Gardening yeah, on KWAM. Yeah, yeah KWAM 990. And so she's looking up trees while, you know, I'm going to do something else. And I think I said, what did I say? Well, we'll go back to that anyway. So when we got, I came back and she goes, what is a qualm? I cannot find a qualm. <laughs> and I looked, I go, oh, that's KWAM. That's <laughs> the station we're on. So maybe I shouldn't mix my a tree uh, is that, Ms. Yeah, Beta? qualm. And I'm thinking, where do you see qualm on the card I just yes. wrote? I'm saying I'm spelling it with a C, so that was kind of cute. Well, but, but see, do they have Facebook going on this morning? Not Facebook Live. I don't see the camera anywhere. Yeah, it's right behind. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, so Facebook Live, and there's uh, Miss Beta <laughs> right there. Okay, good. All right, so the fall, the trees that have great fall color that are smaller, twenty and thirty feet were too large. But she was this really, she really one. wanted good fall color. Yeah, yeah, and full full sun. But uh, not this nothing massive. thirty feet. Yeah. So now you you know maples are out, oaks are out, mm-hmm. those kind of trees are out, and you know well there's always well you said full sun. I was going to say yeah. Japanese maple. See, that well, was what I was. And say. I would I'd consider uh, echinodifolium, the peacock maple. 
Thing. Uh, I'm glad you said peacock maple. Yeah, full moon maple. Oh, oh outstanding that's so fall color. Pretty. Love yeah. that maple. And that sun can yeah, do sun. Yeah, mine's out in full sun. It, it's slow growing. Yeah. You know, but it is a. It's going to max out 15, 18 feet probably that's in time. fantastic. i got to look that up. Peacock maple. And it'll still go with the cherry tree that she has in there, too. Yeah, I guess. You, you don't know. like to look together? Well, it was know, an accident uh, on cher- her cherry trees. trees they're, they're spectacular for, you know, about 10 days or so. But they don't yeah. have good fall color, though, really. They no. don't have good uh. fall color, and you got to watch them for borers constantly. Yeah. And they're short-lived trees here, right. you know. If you drive down, you know, at, at uh, Bartlett City Hall, there's mm-hmm. a, a a row on each side of the the road there that goes around behind it, and you know, there's like 27 different sizes because they're always replacing one, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've you yeah, know, that's and then true. about half of the big ones have dead limbs in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I so. and I we're not saying don't plant a cherry because they are beautiful when they bloom in the spring. But I've told this story before uh, at my old old house. Uh, a good friend of mine lived, these were, it was a new construction, new neighborhood, and the name of the cul-de-sac was Cherry Hollow Cove. So every, they put a cherry tree, the builders, which is probably the worst people to plant a tree ever, put a cherry tree in everyone's front yard, okay, on Cherry Hollow Cove. And they say there's 30, 25, 30 houses in this cul-de-sac, right? No more, no less than a year later, there might have been two cherry trees wow. left, okay? No two. prep. I bet yep. they did not dig their hole twice oh, as wide. No, no. <laughs> no, cherry trees, we all know, have to have really good drainage, mm-hmm. which really what doesn't, right? But, I mean, it, it, that's just living proof that if you don't plant a cherry tree, or really a tree, but mm-hmm. especially these that have to have good drainage, dogwoods, pecans, those kind of things, if you don't create good drainage for these trees, they're just not going to make it. You know, Jim, how did how are the ones at the botanic gardens that are lined up down the golf course? Those and all are that? the uh, well, they're Yoshinos. just going on and on. Well, no, they're replacing a lot of those. You know, mm-hmm. now that they have a tree company that constantly takes care okay. of them. Um, it's a donation that they do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, they're treating them for bores. They're mm-hmm. cutting out dead wood. I yeah. mean, wow. so they're, they're the best maintained cherry trees in town. Mm-hmm. But when I, I, in fact, I was over there, uh, Thursday morning and, um, there was like the third or fourth tree when you turned off of Southern there, um, was a, a brand new one with oh. one of those ugly green bags on it yeah. that yeah. leaks water. <laughs> the old gator bag around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, again, they, they have the same problems that, that everybody does. All right. So, Veda, the question was uh, a mid-sized tree or a, mm-hmm. not even a mid-sized, but a smaller size tree that has good fall color. And we're saying peacock maple. Which is a full moon maple, which is one of the prettiest maples to me Agreed. that's out there, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. It's, a, it's a true Acer japonicum, not an Acer mm-hmm. Palmatum, like most of the Japanese maples that we see, and it has a, a very unusual, very large leaf, mm-hmm. deeply serrated, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it, it's it's beautiful. And y'all don't throw your pins at me, but I'm gonna go ahead and just say the tree form crepe myrtle. I mean, there are some crepe myrtles That's that a have good point. Yeah. beautiful fall color. Yep. Uh, I good mean, bark. You know, and, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and we just don't think of that I didn't really. Think about it at all. Um, yeah. You know, and there's some crepe myrtles that, you know, not every crepe myrtle is going to get 30, 35 foot tall. Right. Okay. There are some that, you know, get 10 to 12 foot tall. So we're going to go with the moon Japanese maple and um, the crepe myrtle. So far. But pick. But I'm still yeah, thinking. Yeah, we got to still, yeah. Yeah. Um, say I like the Japanese snowbell tree, but I really don't think it had a the, lot of, um, huh? Persian ironwood. 
It's oh, beautiful orange yeah. fall color. I love ironwood. Yeah. And it's not a 30-foot. Is it a 30-foot no, tree? No, probably no. 20, 25 max here, if that much. So it's going to be as wide would, as it is tall. That really right? wouldn't be too terrible. No. Mm-mm. For a smaller but yard you and know, all. Small trees like that are fairly easy to maintain. You mm-hmm. know, If you don't want them to get past the, the, the second floor, it's not too hard to keep them there. Oh, right? What if somebody wanted just a beautiful tree for fall color? I mean, you know, I always think of the maples. Well, the maples are hard to beat. You know, the you red know. sunset, mm-hmm. the October glory, the blaze, yeah. any of those hybrid yeah. maples are beautiful in the fall. Well, yeah. I was talking to her on how we could maybe make the maple more airy. Not so dense, because she was worried about the dense. And so we were going through it, going, well, you can prune this off, you can prune this off, and it grows some. You want to prune some out, uh, some of the limbs that are growing up tall to keep it small. And she's looking at me, and I go, that's a lot of work. She said, yes. I said, okay, let's not do that. But, you know, you're saying... We, on the Jap, I mean, on the Japanese snowbell, that that's one you can keep smaller. Well, it's not going to get that big. I mean, mm-hmm. I had one for fifteen, eighteen years, and it was tree. only ten feet tall. See, that's that. I know someone yeah. else that had one, and that's all I saw it at was ten feet tall. But then I read about it, and it was you know just to check everything, and they were saying twenty feet, and I'm thinking, okay, no, long, so, long time down yeah. the road. But I don't, but I don't think those have pretty. Fall That's color. The thing. I think they just yeah. turn brown they're and fall not off. Yeah. And they have the cute little bells. But they're on beautiful them. during I the lost growing mine season. To, the, to that November freeze. Mm. It got it. Well, you know, speaking of trees, I don't, you know, we see them planted on the side of the road in subdivisions and all of that. And this, they dropped them off, lined them all down the road, ball and burlap, right. like 30. Just lined them When up. you say ball and burlap, you mean a tree that's been just dug yeah. up, an established tree, mm-hmm. or a tree that's been growing in a field, just dug up and they wrap burlap around the root ball, yeah. right? Just yes. keep the dirt around the roots. Yes, exactly. So it was, it was a big root ball. One side, they planted them all finely. The other side, they planted them all. But why are they all planted under the electric lines? Yeah. The phone or whatever. Why? Why? I don't understand by this time. And then, of course, since they laid out in the sun and dried out, I'm watching every one of them turning brown like they had, mm. you know, just damaged because they had set out and dried. I mean, some are working, but I'm driving down the road going, why, why, why are we planting them under the electric wire? And then I'm thinking, well, is it MLG and W wanting to have a job? But then I read about how much money cities uh, spend to keep those out from under the clotheslines. Uh, <laughs> those two. <laughs> the electrical yeah, lines, no the doubt. It shouldn't line. be that way. If a tree's under the line, it should be removed. Ex- it exactly. should be removed. Exactly. Have y'all seen these trees that they've gone in there and re- basically cut in half? Oh, mm-hmm. I know. Just topped them. And, okay, they did their job, but what's left is yeah. a pole coming out of the ground. Needs one more cut. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then we used all that... Uh, energy, gas, pollution, and everything to, to change the tree so the tree didn't benefit anywhere because we just used all this stuff to cut it down. Yeah. And we're going to a break. Well, but also, just keep in mind, I mean, people, a lot of people in their backyard, their own yards, have these electrical lines. So don't stick that thing right up under those because one of these days, you're going to have to have somebody come in there, right. cut them in half. I wish somebody would call and tell me No, why. you'll come home one day and it'll be done for you. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And you won't like it. All right, let me say this real quick. We got to talk about some ants at some point this morning. And we got to talk about the Great Tomato mm-hmm. Contest coming up today. That's today. Okay, we'll be right back.
Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, on the Mighty 990 and 1079 FM, KWAM. Welcome back, gardeners. Thanks for joining us this morning. Give us a call, 260592. Yeah, that's it, 260-5926. I thought that was my phone number for a minute. And uh, Facebook Live, so check us out on Facebook. You can post questions that way. Uh, you can call in and ask us a question, or you can tell our producer, Alan, the question, and he'll put it up on the board. And something about, what is, it's a big tomato day today, isn't it, Well, in you Tennessee. better know it is, Kenny. Today is the day of the great tomato contest. And this is where, Mr. Jim? This is out at the Agri Center. It's at uh, kind of behind the Red Barn. There's a portico right there that we'll be under. And um, it's open to everybody. Bring your biggest tomato, your best slicer, your cherries, uh, your heirlooms, and and bring them on out there and enter them. And uh, they'll be judged by Kenneth. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, ben Dieter from here. Uh, from the station here will be there. We have a federal judge on the committee. <laughs> a judge, judge. We, yeah, we have a... Uh, Agricultural Extension uh, agent there. Yeah. And then we also have um, Master Gardeners there. There And there's kids stuff to do. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, there. And um, there was something else I was going to say. And, 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 and I the guess tomato the, sandwiches. Well, no, I mean, yeah. hey, I'm a tomato connoisseur, so people better be up on their game today, I'm telling you. Because I'm going to be judging the best tasting, the best slicing, what, what, uh, the... The half cherry. The cherry tomatoes. The heirlooms. Yeah. And then there will be a contest for the heaviest tomato. Now, do we have a scale that we're going to weigh this thing? They do, yes. Oh. Yeah. We won't do that. that. They'll do that. So all we have to do is taste... 479 tomatoes. <laughs> It'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be a great time because I love tomatoes. So there you go. So, Jim, but anybody can show up. With Absolutely. It's free. Yeah. And then if you just want to come out, you know, but they got a master gardener table set up to answer questions. So, uh, but, you know, come by and visit with us. And, and the judging starts at? The judging starts at 12. And But the entries. From 9 to 11. 9 to 11. Okay. So if yep. you want to get your tomato in there from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock, all you do is drop them off. Right. Judging and then, starts um, at 12. And then I guess people get blue ribbons and uh, yep, medals. They've got some beautiful ribbons they're going to give. And uh, the judging will be done by 3. You'll get a call. <clears throat> and you don't have to stay there. And uh, then you can swing back by and at 3.30 and be part of the celebration and be awarded that and get your picture taken with Kenneth. I love it. And Jim. And Jim, of course. (laughs) Well, that's going to be fantastic. Um, Hey. It's a lot of fun. Look at the weather y'all get today. I mean, we are in July. I know. So, wow. It can be miserable. (laughs) It can be. So, it's really wonderful weather. What is the weather today? I mean, I know it's going to be overcast, right? Yeah. Rainy. Chance of rain later on today, she said. Yeah, okay. That's all right. Um, Well, the weatherman said last night, too. Because, (laughs) let me, you know, I told y'all a month ago that I bought a bag of urea to put Mm -hmm. on my lawn. And urea is just a pure nitrogen product because I wanted to see and hear my lawn grow. Is it organic? Yes. Very good. Yes. Jim almost got me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, urea comes in typically a 50-pound bag, and a bag will cover about 10,000 square feet. But I'm telling you, it's pure nitrogen. So I'll, I I put urea down on my front and side yards. I think I told you all this. And I was moving the sprinkler around till 11 o'clock that night. Okay. And I knew I didn't want to do that to my backyard. So I said, no, I'm just going to wait till it starts to rain. I'll run out there in the rain and put it out because it's going to get watered in perfectly fine with Mother Nature. It has not. It's rained. Don't get me wrong. But it has not rained 
in the afternoon when I get off work. To throw it out. No, it's it's rained at night. It's rained during the day. But I got home yesterday afternoon. I'm thinking, all right, this is the day I'm going to get my backyard uh, fed. What's going to happen? I'm going to wind up not getting it fed at all this year. But anyways, I got home yesterday afternoon. I'm thinking, all right, today's the day. No. I got home, and it started sprinkling just a tad. Not enough to really get this urea watered in. I want it. I want a rain on top of it. So, yeah, guys, my, my I'm praying gauge, for rain late in the afternoon. A rain gauge that you know measures one one hundredth of an inch. Yeah, just barely <laughs> went off. Just not <laughs> very much. Almost no rain. Well, that was another way I taught the crew how to water. Is I put the rain gauges at each corner, and I put a rain gauge in the middle where the irrigation hits best. And uh, their eyes were like. How is that all the water those are getting? Yeah. And how's the water getting so full right here? And, you know, you explain that, too. But and that was a good teaching Something tool. everybody at home ought to do, too, is, you know, next time you fix five-can soup or ten-can soup or whatever, you know, we have about 12 recipes, depending on how many cans we mm-hmm. have. Uh, <laughs> but take the empty cans and just set them out where your sprinkler is at different distances and let it run for an hour and mm-hmm. see how much water you're mm-hmm. actually getting. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it can vary considerably. Right. So in a distance, if you're getting a little bit and closer in, you're getting a lot, then you probably need to add another head to your irrigation, maybe. Yeah. So and uh, just the remember, can's going to help you with that. Yeah, and when, and when you're done doing the testing, you know, get the cans up, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So now, since y'all know how to water, <laughs> it should be good. Okay, let's go to David. Good morning, David. You're in the Mid-South Garden. Thanks for the call. Hello, David. There. Hello, David. Yeah, good morning. Hey, right. good morning. David, good morning to you, buddy. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Life We're is doing good. good. You know, like I, I don't know if you just heard me talking about it. I've been trying to put some fertilizer down in my backyard. You know, my front and side yards look great, Dave. And, and people ask me, why would you want to put urea down and make it grow? Because all you're going to have to do is cut it. I'm okay with that because I like the look of that new, you know, that fresh cut lawn. But sure. but when I let my little dog out to go, or our dog, I should say, my, my wife's dog, let me just put it that way. When I let her out to go in the backyard and she does her business, I've got these little green spots out there from the nitrates that are in the the urine, okay? See, my dogs kill it. Yeah, well, see, there you go, Jim. Mine, mine almost does, but it actually makes it green. So my point is I know my backyard needs to be fed, mm-hmm. but I just haven't had the right opportunity yet. Well, David, what was your question? <laughs> Hello. Well, well, oh. no, I, you know it, that that's a good segue because I I just thought about it. I I kind of volunteered to cut one of my my neighbor's yard. Um, I'm not charging her what she should be charged because I'm just kind of doing it for fun yeah. and to help her out. And the the front lawn, um, this woman has super grass. I mean, I'm not. It's not weed. It's freaking super. And, and worse is on a hill, and worse is a fence surrounding it. <laughs> and I, and it, and, it, and it didn't even rain last week. And I go by there, and I cut it like not even a, two weeks ago. And I'm like, this grass is it's like she fed Viagra or something to the grass. Well, I'm still family. Well, and Dave, that's why I was saying, you know, that's why I was bringing up this urea a second ago because I know how you do cut the grass. You cut your grass, your mother's grass, and now you're even cutting the neighbors around you. But, I mean, and some people say, you know, you're a glutton for punishment when you feed your lawn to stimulate growth because all you got to do is go out there and then cut it, right? I'm yeah. okay with that, you know? Yeah. Well, look, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stand with her this year, but next year she's on her own. Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. But anyway, um, cutting wet grass. I got two cup couple questions. Cutting wet grass is is that good for the equipment? Um, that's number one. And number two, um, I called you guys weeks ago about spraying the fences with with some kind of um, weed killer, mm-hmm. and I noticed that it's not growing more, but it's not wilting, crying for mercy like I, I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to w- be wilting on the ground, praying that that for next year, and I'm not getting that effect. All right, starting with the uh, the wet grass. <laughs> Uh, I've always heard, Jim, and in, in there's it's never, ever a good idea to cut grass that is wet. Um, a, you know, it, it doesn't, it really doesn't cut like dry grass. And it doesn't, it, you know, it, what am I trying to say? Whether you're using a bag or not, uh, it just doesn't, it cut up, even a mulching mower doesn't cut up wet grass like it does dry grass. That's right. And then what about, Jim, uh, <clears throat> is, is it more prone to fungal problems if you cut yeah the problem is it tends to lay over okay more than cut when it's wet like that and you can give yourself some some serious fungal problems um it's really best to wait till it dries you know get the dew off of it 10 or 11 o'clock before you mow it uh you know and it it does actually you know if if you're not cleaning up underneath your lawnmower uh it is stressing the motor a little bit if it's having to cut through all that gunk that's up underneath there yeah, yeah cleaning the blades horrible yeah and what about dave you said around the perimeter what'd of you the... spray with on the fence um something y'all mentioned before and i can't remember the name of it but it's um it, it, it you've mentioned some something that was a weed killer and i noticed that this had it in there tricliptor <laughs> what's that did it you say the word jim <laughs> It was was it Roundup at all? No, it's 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 it, well, it's not Roundup, but um, I um, it it's it concentrated. Of course, that didn't help you in, in, at all. Um, it, it, let me let me get. I I got the bottle right right here. It's um called um, um cleanup. Yeah, the cleanup is weed and grass killer. Yeah. Then they have oh, Roundup. That's in Roundup. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, glyphosate. Yeah. That, that's Roundup. That's like a forty-one percent active. Yeah. It's a good product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it in a lot of shade? Maybe. More. I don't think it's growing more, but it's not. Like I said, I wanted to. I wanted to, to cry for mercy, and I. It's not well, it. you know, the first thing it's possible that got some rain behind it that may have diluted okay. it. Um, I, I would spray it again and maybe bump the rate up to the brush killer rate at six ounces per gallon. Uh, and it's going to take seven days or so probably, but it's okay. dead. Yeah. 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 It's been way longer than that. Yeah. It's not, I don't see any more growth, but, um, it's not turning yellow like I like it to yeah. do and all that stuff. But, but spray know, it so. when we know you're, you're not going to get rain for, you know, a day. It's actually okay. rain fast about four hours, but I like to have a day. And you're saying, Jim, okay. go with the heavier concentration yeah, for Dave. I'd, go to six ounces to, per gallon yeah, of water. Yeah, because, you know, I, it, it may be things like Johnson grass and yeah. weeds and other stuff in there. So it's, it, some of those are a little tougher to kill than Bermuda. 
Um, right. w- w- one other thing, um, and I let you guys go, and I appreciate. I always appreciate your your appreciate guys. Thank you. Really. And, and, and hey, don't hang up. I'm gonna we're gonna give you one of Todd's books, uh, our daily biscuit uh, devotions with a draw. So <laughs> don't <laughs> don't hang up. He's gonna get your information right afterwards. Okay. And what's the question, okay, Dave? I won't, but but well, let's get neighbor. you let's get you right after the break. So hang on, David. We're going to take a break. Give us a call, 260-5926. The Mid-South's conservative blowtorch, the Mighty 990 KWAM. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Give us a call, 260-5926, and let's go back to David. Good morning, David. You're back in the garden. Yeah, thanks. I'll be quick. Um, as far as my neighbor's yard that I talked about that was there was sick and she claims she has not treated even at six o'clock in the evening it's still wet wow six o'clock man that is any rain does she have a hidden irrigation system because that's so bizarre no Mm. no Ah. no and 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 i'm i'm talking about a a, an inch or two inches worth of grass and still thick but anyway um, mm. I, I, I think you'd be very proud of me. I cut my whole lawn yesterday, my real more. See, Dave, and, and, that and that's and listen, I'll never complain about cutting the grass in my life again <laughs> after, you know, cause I, we've talked to you, David, for, you know, three or four years and, and I've always been, you know, when I, when someone, when I hear the word real more, people go, yeah, all mowers are real, right? No, I'm talking about a mower that has a <laughs> rolling blade, not a motor on it. So I'm very, I'm still very proud of you, Dave. Well, well, I appreciate that. I actually, I actually enjoy cutting cutting lawns. It, it, it takes my mind away, Ken, from a whole lot of stuff yep. that's going on. So, yep, yep. I don't mind helping the neighbor out. Man. I'm just like, hey, I don't want to die. <clears throat> well, if my if, if my neighbor ever moves, you're the first one that I'm calling, and hopefully, you'll be ready to move. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Rest of your weekend. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, thank you for all your help. Thank, thank you, Dave. You. Thanks for calling in today. And, and they say on a real mower, it has such a beautiful cut, guys. It's a different cut than a, a, a motorized lawnmower. But like David would tell you, you better make sure those blades are razor sharp before you go out there and start playing with one of those things because mm-hmm. it it'll beat you to death if it's not sharp. Ready Did I ever make sure mine were razor sharp? No, no, <laughs> no. But you really should. You yeah. really should. Because it can open it up for uh, fungal problems, too, if you're cutting it off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you see a lot of times when people cut the grass, honestly, and they don't have a good sharp blade. And it, it's tearing the top of the blade off is what it's doing. And then you get this little brown edge mm-hmm. on the yeah. top of every blade like that, that, Jim, that you have in your yard. And it's, not, it's because you're not getting a good clean cut. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, we'll go ahead and go to Jamie, the master gardener. I bet he's going to talk about delicious fat red tomatoes. Hello, Jamie. Oh, maybe he'll talk about the fat red tomatoes in a little bit. So you can, Jim. He was calling to tell us about the tomato contest, I bet. Okay. All right. Is he there? Jamie, can you hear us? No, he's not on yet. Okay. Nope. Okay. Yeah, the tomato contest. Um, we'll go over to Ian. We talked about it a little while ago, but it's um, it is today.
from 9 to 11. Bring your best tomatoes out there and enter them uh, for bragging rights. <laughs> um, there's a category for the heaviest, the best slicer, cherries, heirloom. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, Kenneth and I will be judges, so you can come out here and, and chat with us. Uh, ben Dieter from the station here is going to be there, and we mm-hmm. got a couple other people. So, And you said it's behind the red barn at the end. Yeah, it's kind of behind the red barn, yeah. uh, and it's uh, there's a kind of little portico there that we'll be under, and, and it's a lot. It's a hoot. It's Anybody really can bring their tomatoes mm-hmm. 9 to 11. Yep. You didn't have to pre-sign up or anything like that. Yep. So I'm thinking today's probably too late to try to do anything to make your ta- tater, <laughs> tomato taste sweeter mm-hmm. or look redder. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm ex- y'all. There'll be pictures, right? Usually, so I really want to see the pictures oh, yeah, of the tomatoes right. of um, who wins. Yep, and we'll talk about that next week on the air too. Yeah, oh, that's, that's like you said, some, some that's some fine bragging rights going on right yes, there. Yes, indeed. You can pop that up to your neighbor and go, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, because that's a big reward in the tomato <laughs> growing. People, that's a, kind of like the best daffodil. Uh, it's the better than that. It's better than that because you get to taste them. Actually, yeah. well, you know, on the second hour, I have to talk about soil a little bit, so we've got that to talk about. And Kenneth wants to talk about his aunt. Yeah, oh, aunts in yes. general. Not only my aunts, uh, you know, that I, I have a billion, but uh, people have been coming in this week with with aunt problems uh and it seems like just all of a sudden ants are always a problem but it seems like this week for some reason they've just exploded out there so things that we can do to maybe get rid of some of these ants right what else is out there that we need to get rid of you know seeing a little bit of lace bugs still or residue the the look that that it gets even after the lace bug have moved on no no i mean lace um, bugs are really bad right now right. of course bagworms are still getting it out there Cottony leaf hopper that leaves that little cottony residue. You know they're still out there. Still, I've had a few Japanese beetles as late as yesterday. Yeah, so. I, mean, I saw a lady came and brought some in in a little jar yesterday. Even though they're not like they were, yeah. you know, but they're still out there. Isn't there an insect? When it called flea beetle, that's oh, yeah. not fleas, it's, but a little bit, and it's it a eats little, tiny little, thing. little holes it's in an your plant plants and everything else. They yeah. eat holes I mean, everywhere. Your plant survives, but it's just got little bitty holes in it. I saw uh, one abelia, and they've got the little soft, tender leaves on it. Every little leaf had a couple yeah. of sweet dots. potato vines are bad about yeah. soldier beetles too. Yeah, yeah, it's a sweet potato vine. It gets the the flea beetle they get too. A flea beetle too. Are those uh, green? Which ones are green that eat your... Uh, now, the, the soldier beetle that gets one. on the potato vine is a gold, looks like a gold yeah, drop. Gold, gold. Right. Yeah. yeah, so if you see <laughs> if you see one of those, too, you got issues. Sometimes I just prune off the ends because they put holes in it, and a lot of times you take the insect with it and put it in the trash can. So it's time to take a break, and y'all give us a call, 260-5926. You can look us up on our Facebook, um, and we'll be right back. The garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Sorry, I was thinking about the beach and just spaced out. Kenneth. From Dan West Garden Center. 
Good morning, Mr. Jim. Good morning. We got Veda over here from Palladio's Garden. It's both. And you got me from Mid South Gardening Facebook group. And Jim, I, what about go. the group? Because I mean, I've had people tell me that they love it more than anything. I'm serious. I, you know, been real pleased with it. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we had in the last week we've had 740 requests to join. Uh, <sighs> I approved 660 of them. Because they had to answer those questions. They and have they to answer, answer the questions. <laughs> they're not and, weird and then, questions. And then some of them rules. just look bogus. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And oh I, yeah, I, I hate that. I did one that got in, and he immediately put up an ad. So, oh you no! Know, so they get kicked out, and so but Mid South Gardening, uh, and that's the Facebook that's page. Facebook group. Yep, and you can post. It's it's about just a conversation. It's pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no preaching on it. Uh, I had somebody uh, say they were going to leave the group because we weren't focusing on organic gardening, and that's not what we're about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're I mean, you about, can throw it in there, but you it's can not talk about it if you want. But yeah. you know. Uh, I don't tolerate anybody preaching at somebody else and telling them they're doing wrong because it's just, you know. We're not doing wrong. We're just nope. learning. It's just different. It's yeah. a great, I've, yeah. I've looked at it a million times, and, and the great pictures and the and the questions that people posed. Yeah. But also you said you've got some really good information in there. Yeah, we've got a lot of files, and I'm going to start working on more here as it uh, um, get into the winter, and we, you know, I'm not out in the garden so much. Yeah. So I have some, right. put some good stuff on there. And let Just, me say this, and I know we got Jamie on the phone, but let me say this real quick. Um, Louise Taylor texted in and said, can you spell uh, that lawn treatment? I guess it, the, it wasn't really a lawn treatment we were talking about a while ago. We were talking about feeding the lawn with a high nitrate fertilizer. And, you know, most lawn foods, like, say, fertile lawn, lawn food plus iron, okay, has a lot of nitrogen, 24% nitrogen. But most of that nitrogen in there, in there is a slow release where the product that I mentioned a while ago that I wanted to see and hear my grass grow is a product called Urea, U-R-E-A. 50-pound bag, bag covers about 10,000 square feet, and it is a quick-release nitrate. Uh, It doesn't last that long, but it works really fast. So if you want to hear your grass grow, uh, you can definitely put down Urea, but just be careful. Make sure you come back and water that product. And And you really need to pick up your cut, your mowing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. And uh, if you at best, Bermuda needs to be mowed once every four days. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that way you you don't re- remove too much uh, leaf blade. Right. But and most, if you don't want to hear your grass grow, then use an organic fertilizer that Jim don't want to talk about on his rate, Facebook page. Cut your rate <laughs> way down you on know? your urea. On anything, on oh. any fertilizer. Yeah. Just, you know, instead of putting it over 5,000 square feet, put it over 10,000 square feet. Or use half a bag, mm-hmm. you know, on your lawn or whatever. Just that way you don't give it that much nitrogen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to water as much or mow as much. Right. But if you like hearing your grass grow, it's no problem to use the urea. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to each his own, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We just want green grass. That's yeah, all. Exactly. Beautiful lawn. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Jamie, the master gardener. Good morning, Jamie. You're in the garden. Good morning. Good morning. I heard y'all talking earlier, but I couldn't get to you on the phone. I couldn't get off the road in time to talk. We were talking anyway, about we were this talking. this event coming up today, Jamie. I don't know if you heard about it. There's a uh, tomato contest going on today. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Is there anyway, something happening? My, my friend, my friend Jenny says it wouldn't dare rain on my parade. So now, anyway, now what about the what about the weather today, Jamie? If if even if it's raining, I mean the show is still going on, correct? You betcha, buddy. We got some alternate plans. We can get inside. We keep the 
judges uh, dry. Yeah. Paperwork's going to be a little bit of a problem, but we think we can handle that. So yeah. tell everybody to come on out. We're going to be here and be working hard and try to put on a good show for them. Yes, sir. And, and, and there again, I mean, whether it's raining or whether it's not raining, I mean, the show is today, and that's the great tomato contest. And you're saying the yes, entries, sir. they need to have their tomatoes there in between 9 and 11? Yes, sir. And then the judging will start about noon. Start at noon. Start at noon. If we can get to 2.30, we'll think we'll be through. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what kind of demand we're going to have, but... You know, but uh, but I've told know, Kenneth he needs to out. plan on staying until 5. No, no, i got a wedding to be <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> He's already told his wife he wouldn't be home till 8. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-oh. Way to go, Jamie. Way to go. <laughs> I love the way you think, Jamie. <laughs> well, Jamie well, that, that means i got to leave her house by 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this is going downhill quick. I'm and just going to go out of town to and forget it. about all this. <laughs> Oh, oh me! But we do hope y'all get to come on out and uh, Rick and Robert have Kenneth and and Big Jim is uh, is our judges here. Anyway, we got some room, so y'all come on out. And if it's raining, uh, a little bit of rain's not gonna bother us. Right. But we can move inside if necessary, and the show will go on. All right, buddy. Well, Jamie, we'll see you after a while, then, buddy. Y'all be safe. Thank All you, right. Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. You know, shrubs. We don't talk about shrubs or flowers very much. But, um, you know, if you like the auto Luke and Laurel, you get the shot hole blight in it. And if you like the cherry Laurel, you know, that gets, or the skip Laurel, that gets really large. But there's one called the chestnut Laurel. And since the leaves are slightly cupped, it's more resistant to the shot hole blight because the water can run off since it's cupped. Uh, downward not upward to hold the water but it's not a huge cherry laurel and the leaves are smaller and it's really dark green and it doesn't get huge so i think that's a great replacement if you really like the laurel look which is evergreen and shiny green leaves and easy to grow yeah and you know anytime you're growing any laurel like veda's talking about autolucans the chestnut laurel uh, even skip laurels I mean, they do need uh, three things in particular. They need good drainage. They hate wet feet. And, uh, of course, we say that all the time. They need good air circulation. uh, And they really don't like overhead watering. um, Because you're going to get what they call shot hole disease. The holes, people think it's insects eating uh, holes in these leaves on these laurels. But it's actually a disease. Unfortunately, this disease is part of the genetic makeup of these plants. You'll never completely get rid uh, rid of shot hole disease, right? Um, you know, but if you've got good air circulation, good light, uh, and don't have overhead irrigation, you don't tend to see as much shot hole right, as you do mm-hmm. the other way. Right. Do you like it, Jim? Well, I think there are le- if for Memphis, there are plants that uh, are less maintenance involved. Oh, there's them. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. right, you know, right. You see them up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. where they don't have quite the humidity we have. Yeah. And, what, what's the, what and maintenance? They, they're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you know, you almost never see shot hole in them. Right, uh, right. But not here. And, and we mm-hmm. also, so often we put them in some shade, and they're mm-hmm. really not shade lovers, mm-hmm. you know. It's where oh. definitely is, that's typically where you see them. Right. Yeah, and mine's loving them right now. and Because uh, I have some in shade and some in full or part sun and some in full sun. So I'm, I'm just, you know, testing everything out, seeing how they look. And right now they're all the same size, no matter what uh, type of sunlight I'm getting them, giving to them. 
But I just was really attracted to its small leaves and it was small green shrubs. So I thought it'd be a good replacement for a holly, you know, but um, I want to try those out in a landscape. And, um, you know, and, and we talked about distillium, you know, a lot yeah. of people are replacing some blue cascade. Yeah. Some gorgeous. of the, actually the laurels with distilliums, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not prone to that shot hole disease like the laurels are. Right. And of course, since they don't like wet feet, do a lot of good preparing of your soil and using the shale in there too. What is it, Jim? <laughs> I got a note here from Jamie's <laughs> wife. <laughs> from Jamie's Jenny, wife. Jenny. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, maybe Sorry, you should even. Don't even bring me into this, Wait, Jim, okay? Yeah. From Jan. <laughs> said Kenneth told his wife he'd be home at 8. So when I said I had to be out of the house by 7, she spit out her coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan is Jamie's wife. Yeah. <laughs> And so, somehow, there again, and I'm so just the, the beating pad here, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to be, Kenneth. Yeah, I Today, guess. you need to be. I guess. Now, you're going to have a rough day long. Well, no. How could you have a rough day tasting tomatoes? It's going to be a great and day. And all you know, the gardeners and everybody you're going to be with. I mean, you get to be my age. Every day is a great day. Yes. <laughs> good point. Okay. Let's head to a break. Um, I know we want to talk about aphids. We're going to talk about ants. Then ants, yeah, ants. Yep. Why do you get plants get aphids? And Jim, what's your topic today? Oh, well, you know, I was going to talk about something that came up, uh, and I saw a note on it uh, today from a um, guy that does myths is about companion plants. Awesome. Mm. So <laughs> we're going to talk about. Uh, you said, but there might be. be is, it, is there a myth, or is it? I think it's a myth. We'll find uh, out. I think it's the truth. Maybe it's both. We'll find if out. you do it exactly properly and plant a lot of them, but not it's not across the board. It's just maybe one circumstance. Or, and then sometimes when you're planting certain things together, it makes the fruit or the vegetables taste so better, she, too. So, so that was a okay, great no we answer gotta go. that she just gave it. See? Mm-hmm. So figure that, I'm trying to see if y'all figure that out. Should have been in politics. We'll be right, we'll be right back. <laughs> The Mighty 990 KWAM and Mighty990.com. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to Mid South Gardening. You can catch us at 2605926. Watch us on Facebook Live. Yep. Stream us online anytime, KWAMRadio.com. And we have a podcast and we have a Facebook page. So if you can't find any time to watch us, then you can get an answer from us. Anytime you right. want. This yeah. is true. This is true. Um, Jim, we'll have you stop start this topic because you haven't talked so much well, today. Yeah, I'm, you know, just just chilling and listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a guy, Robert Pavlis, who who does uh, garden myths. He's written a couple of books, but there was uh, something came across this morning, and there's a new book out talking about plant companions. So he started looking at it because he talked about them months before in one of his books. Um, and and it was very well written, he said, but uh, he started looking at some of these. And, and um, let me ask you a question. A companion plant is a plant well, that helps another plant. Well, yeah. In some way. If you're planting it, it's supposed to not only help, but it should improve production on okay. the one you've got. I mm-hmm. mean, if just planting something in there and it's not helping that plant produce more, it's taking up space. So gotcha. you're actually losing production. And nutrients. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it has to really have a benefit from it. And um, this, the lady who wrote this has a world of them in there, and all of her quote, all of her um, 
references are at the back, you know. And so he started picking a couple of them and looking at them mm-hmm. and found that really there really wasn't any science in any of this to back it up. <laughs> uh, so he called her and asked her, and she has not responded to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. No, go ahead. But it's things like planting beans with corn. Well, yeah. everybody knows they'll climb, but, you know, there seems to be mm-hmm. this thing that people think beans give nitrogen to the corn. They don't. Right. The yeah. corn doesn't help shade the beans. They don't. Um, and that was the op- that was the whole thing. Right. And there's yeah. whole all these other ones like that, yeah. planting alyssum with lettuce, that it would mm-hmm. draw the certain type of, uh, of uh, fly in that feeds on aphids, mm-hmm. you know, but really didn't see any production increase in it mm-hmm. and really didn't see any decrease in aphids. Um, the only thing, the only companion thing that, that mm-hmm. there's really research to back up is garlic. I mean, yeah. planting it in around roses mm-hmm. and things like that, it does seem to actually Act, act help. as a repellent. Right. And of I mean, course it, we it improves liquid your, garlic. Right. Yeah. It improves your, your production because you don't lose flowers to the aphids mm-hmm. and all the other things because they te- te- tend to be repelled. Now, by. you know some people are, are throwing the... The bricks, you know, they're, they're the fake bricks huh? uh, at the radio yeah. right now. Well, oh, they're I hearing know. you talk about debunking companion plants because a lot of people have done it for a long time. I know, Gio. I know, and yeah, uh, yeah. But if it's taking up space and taking nutrients, and you're not getting substantial production, it's not. Oh, it doesn't work. All right, let me get for an example. What about planting marigolds? in and around your vegetables because we've all heard and know I shouldn't mm-hmm. say no we have all heard that marigolds help repel insects I definitely know that's not the but case no they don't and they draw spider mites mm-hmm. big time <laughs> they so, do yeah you know. absolutely yeah so yeah. that doesn't work you know I never got into the companion planting thing because it didn't make sense to me either so I started reading about it you know why and what did they do and, you know, everything you said, like you're supposed to plant this with that and it makes the production of that better and on down the line. But I don't see that. But there's no that. science to back any yeah. of that up. There's just not. You but know? then, you know, the funny thing yeah. is, is even though there's no science to back it up, not on that, but just on anything, sometimes you have that weird anomaly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you say, those will not grow here. But they That's do. True. That's true. Just, you, just it's funny you said something about the, the, the make-believe bricks there because <laughs> you know, Thursday night I spoke to the master gardeners out at the Agri Center and um, started off the thing, you know, first thing I always tell people is leave their cell phones on because everybody that they know is more important than what I'm going to say. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then the other sure. thing is I ask them to refrain from throwing anything till the end of the speech. Yeah, yeah just let me finish. Yeah. Jim's the only person I know that walks up there on stage and they got a little wire fencing in front of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Blues Brothers. Yeah, because you used to be grumpy, you know, and so, but you're not grumpy well, anymore. I know, and, and, I, and I told them that you. too. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said people don't want to hear you. Thanks to People don't want to hear the the science. They don't want to hear science. That's right. Jim, actually, Jim's, one of Jim's comments got me and my mother into an argument, okay? About the rocks? Yes. Yeah. And and this is going to do the same thing, because I'm going to have to tell her, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, that scientifically, Jim, and you're going on pure science. I mean, you're not not saying it, it doesn't hurt to have... You companion can, plants. That's right. You can plant marigolds between your tomatoes if All you want long. to, and they'll yeah. be pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're not saying don't do that, but right. you're just saying as far as the reasoning sometimes why people do these things, there's really no science to back up that mm-hmm. reasoning. Right. Um, right. But I remember, and I'll say this again, that you were uh, the first time that you told me on air 
that it doesn't do you a lot of good to put a lot of gravel in the bottom of a mm-hmm. pot before you put your potting soil in it there. It decreases your drainage. And I'm like, this man has lost his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, this is it. I mean, yeah. he's, he's over, you know. But then he explained it. And I did that. I explained that same thing to my mother, and she was she would not hear it. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So you know, and that's the way it is. A lot of gardeners, you old can give them are hard all to of kill. the facts you want, but they don't care. You right. know? And it's okay, especially <laughs> if your plants grow great in your containers with gravel. Yeah, if you're Hired. happy with them, cool. Yeah, and well, you know, the elephant here that I was talking about that I wanted to make sure it grew big because it was in a container. Um, it's a self-watering container, actually, and I filled the container all the way up, just as much water as I could because I want that elephant ear to grow, and there's a little bit of sedum. It's working perfectly, but that's because I understand watering Yeah, and um, that it's a self-watering container. So, you know, you could water too much, and then it never drains out. So there's all the little things to it, and the best thing to do is just check your soil. Yeah. Too wet. Do you have a hole in there? Yep. Too wet? Do you have the I wrong was, soil? I was in Kroger's over on Kirby Whitten this week, and there was a, a, a nice lady buying a plant from the lady there in the florist, and she said, how do I water this? And I just couldn't help but overhear this. So I walked <laughs> oh, over and introduced I know, myself. I know, <laughs> And I said, do this. Stick your finger down in the soil. Take your finger out. If there's soil stuck to your finger, yeah. don't water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And she appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. And how simple of a concept is that? That's you right. Know? You can't help but not answer. I'm the same way. I know. <laughs> I'm walking through and I'm going, because I want to help people. I want them to um, thrive in this and I not know. give up. I know. And I know? see people, you know, you go in one of the box stores and they're taking dead gloxenias out and they're buying them. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> That's <Gosh>. definitely <laughs> not working. I know. It. Yeah. And, and well, then, I can say the science behind that. They won't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wendy said, uh, how would you address the problem of random sprouts coming up from the roots of our auto-leuking laurel? How would you address uh, the problem of the random sprouts coming up from the auto-leukins? Well, it sounds like, I'll tell my part and then you can tell you. I, it sounds like that they're suffering and they're trying to put new growth on and, and the top doesn't look all that well the first thing i would yeah. look at would be the trunks see if it's yeah. got borers you know because mm-hmm. anything in the prunus genus can get like peach tree borers and that sort of yeah. thing so look at that if it's not moving food <laughs> down and food and fluids and nutrients up it again wants to live it doesn't mm-hmm. want to die so it'll put water sprouts or root sprouts up uh to create a new plant yeah, yeah. all right so i would first look to see if uh there's something wrong with the trunk, either bores or whether you've had a vole in there who started nibbling around the bark or weed something. Weed eater, maybe too yeah, much weed mulch. Weed eater damage. Yeah. Well, let's say this then. Let's say if Wendy, um, and this is Wendy Johnson, that if she's got sprouts coming up and there's really nothing wrong with the existing plant. Hmm. Uh, maybe you don't want to go out there and spray those with the brush killer, of no, course. No, 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 no. You uh, just want to go out there and snip those yeah, off at and, ground level. Right. And if it's a continuing <clears throat> problem, you know, crepe myrtles a lot will sprout. Uh, there's a product, the, the sucker, sucker stopper. stopper. Yeah, that you can spray. It's not cheap, uh, but it only takes just a touch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, cut them off, spray it, they won't re-sprout. Yeah, if they don't look that good, I chop them off to the base and fertilize them with compost and all that and then wait a while for them to grow back. We'll be right back. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden on the Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM KWAM. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the Mid-South Garden. 
You know, there's a uh, enzyme called glutathione. Glutathione. Glutathione, if I'm saying it correctly, and it helps resistant. It it's, uh, makes plants more resistant and tolerant to the environment, to insects and diseases. Well, also people have the same enzyme, glutathione, mm. and fungus too. They all three have that same enzyme. And for uh, people, you can actually take a supplement and it does the same thing as it does to a plant. And so that's why I like all the organic because you keep... Because people and plants have a lot of the same things. We have zinc, we have magnesium, we have calcium. A lot of people I know have the same IQ. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That's Are you talking about me? You're talking about me. No, I'm not talking no, about you. I know you're not. But, but there's a bonide product called Revitalize. Yeah. Uh, Revitalize, you can spray on a plant, and it mm-hmm. will trigger the plant to create or, or produce more of these mm-hmm. enzymes yeah. uh, that really protect itself right. from, uh, from you know, fungus and disease and Well, this was so good because it, for humans, it cleans their liver also. And, and uh, I mean, I haven't tried it, and I can't recommend you do it. I want you to look it up. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, it said it did that, plus just made you more resistant and definitely made the plants more resistant. But they can't have it. I clean my liver with alcohol all the time. Oh, we're saying, <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, you know, it's good on your skin. Why not? <laughs> I right. guess. It's good on your skin. <laughs> I got a text from... Rubbing alcohol or your... <laughs> okay, let's clarify. Got, uh, got a text from Eric and uh, Cindy Pillow. It said, I just discovered the little white bugs all over my crepe myrtle. Bark scale, I guess. Yes, you're right. Or unless it's the predator. Unless they're moving. Well, if and, you can see them moving, it? they're good guys. All right, so that y'all go over this. Uh, white... Insects owned crepe myrtles can be typically one or two things. The one thing that's bad is the crepe myrtle bark scale. And it's tiny. Yeah, and those are bumps and little bumps that you see Mm -hmm. on the trunks and the limbs of your crepe myrtle. And I'm telling you, for the last month, I've seen more crepe myrtle bark scale in the last month than I have in the last year. Okay, it's just, I don't know why, but they're out there. Uh, So... Eric and Cindy, if uh, if they're not moving and they're the little bumps and they are the scale, then yes, you get the uh, tree and shrub insect drench, the product that you mix with water, and you pour it right around the base of the crepe myrtle. Not out around the drip line, but right around the trunk. Uh, and typically, you only have to do that one time per year. In fact, we've seen some of them where it lasts up to two years. Uh, the only stipulation with that product is don't use the drench around the crepe myrtle if the ground is waterlogged. Or frozen. Or frozen. You want to let that ground dry up a little bit after these rains before you go out there and use it. Now, Jim and Veda, y'all were talking about something that was moving up and down the trunks of the crepe myrtle. Yeah, that's a mealybug destroyer, uh, and it is a predator on those scale, and the young scale primarily. Um, but you'll see those moving, and they're they're smaller than a roly-poly, but kind of look mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And But if they're walking up and down the trunk... That's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I see. And it, the, they're going to die if you treat the. Yeah. The th- well, the sometimes you don't have a choice. Though. That's right. Yeah. You, That's you're not likely to have enough predators to right. make a serious impact. Yeah. You know, because we can't actually produce enough predators because we don't have the a lot of the right plants for the predators be attached or attached to, and we're in a suburban location, so our things off. So. We can't sometimes wait for those predators to take over because there's not enough. So that's when you, I would maybe try to shoo the predators away and then spray. <laughs> well, not even spray, <laughs> I know drench. That probably won't you work, know, drench the, the yeah. crepe myrtle. Yeah. By the um, time the drench gets 
How long does it take to drench? In this kind of weather, in the rain we're getting, probably to get to the top of a mature 20, 25 mm-hmm. foot crepe myrtle, you're looking at three to four weeks. Yeah, I was going to say probably Man, at least that's a month. Not yeah. A- too bad, really, because yeah. it's climbing all so the reason way. The best time to do it is really in February or so, late mm-hmm. January, February. Um, the sap has to rise from the stem and roots up to the buds before they'll open. So you've got sap moving mm-hmm. long really before you yeah. have foliage. And that's a good time to get it on because it'll k- take it all the way to the top. And before we get to the season, you got the tree. Right. Now, not to say covered. that you can't do it now. You do can it do anytime. it anytime. time. You right. know, you have a problem. But the reason y'all brought up the one that was moving, the mealybug destroyer, is some people will see that on their crepe myrtle, Mm -hmm. and they don't actually even have scale on the crepe myrtle. They'll just see the mealybug destroyers, the ones that are moving up and down the trunk, uh, and go out there and control those just like they would scale, where, like you said, they're not a bad insect at all. Right, and you may have, you know, for years we've had a... Um, a, a scale that usually gets up in the top of crepe myrtles and <clears throat> never covers everything black like the crepe it's never severe yeah. as that. So you likely mm-hmm. have a little scale or aphids up there mm-hmm. producing honeydew. <clears throat> um, if you've got leaves on the ground and they're a little bit sticky, then yeah. yeah. And that's why the mealybug destroyers are there. There's something there for him to eat. Yeah. So. And then speaking of ants, uh, you know, Ants love honeydew also, and that's the secretion that these insects give off. And that's the same sticky secretion that the black sooty mold grows on. But ants, uh, you know, like we mentioned in the first hour of the show, it seems like all of a sudden we're seeing an explosion of ants out there. And I've had a lot of people come by the garden center talking about ant problems. In their house or around the house? Both, around the foundation of the house, and then some of them actually getting in the house. And then some of them, of course, fire ants. But let's just say if you've got beds, like we typically do, Veda, Jim, around uh, our house, and you're having, uh, you know, more ants than you feel comfortable with. Uh, because most ants, if, if i got ants in my yard, unless they're fire ants, I don't care what I, ants I have. But if they're right around the house and they're getting in the house, then I don't like that. So if you've got ants, uh, there is a product, and there's a lot of products that have ants on the label, but the one in particular that I like is called Bifenfrin. Bifenfrin is under the name of, uh, for example, Fertilome Broad Spectrum Insecticide, okay? You can take this product and you can pour it around the foundation of the house. You can spray it around the foundation. You can spray it on your shrubs and everything else. It's a very safe product to use, but it's very, very effective against ants. Uh, And then I know there are baits you can put out there. They're granulated products, Jim, you know, whether it's Dialox or deltamethrin or bifenfrin, any of those. You know, you can put out granulated products also. But I was just curious to why <clears throat> it seems like all of a sudden we're seeing a lot of ant populations out there. Right. Well, I know <clears throat> that um, diatomaceous works well. <clears throat> when my mother was really ill, she could not have, you know, chemicals or <clears throat> anything around. And she has a patio and the ants were climbing up around and getting in. So we put diatomaceous earth everywhere because that wouldn't Affect and, and, and when people hear that, it's not a dirt. It's not yeah. a soil. Diatomaceous earth is a white powder, mm-hmm. which is From microscopic yeah, yeah. ocean creatures, you right, know? Right, So that worked really well. It repelled them, made them mad enough to move on because, you know, it's like insects rolling in a ton of razor blades and it just dries them out and see that's horrible but that's just how it works if you're trying to get rid of ants so for me i'm going to go with the diatomaceous earth and then when i was talking about the aphids while ago 
uh, I said how we were how you could get rid of aphids, and of course you can spray, you can prune the part off or whatever. But the uh, glutathione that I was talking about that makes plants more resistant and all when it when plants are stronger and more resistant, they're healthier. They don't give off a certain smell of death. So insects aren't attracted to it, but insects are attracted to anything stressing. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're stressed because their <coughs> pH is wrong or they don't have enough minerals. Mm-hmm. Some of those micro micronutrients, they don't have enough. And that's where the organic products come into play is to, to help that happen too, whether whatever you use, chemical or organic, mm-hmm. just always add some organic. Yeah, and I remember when you were landscaping, Betty, you would always say that, yeah, when you came across plants or shrubs that were having a problem, whether it's mm-hmm. lace bug create myrtle bark scale on down the line. Yeah, you would tell them how to treat the problem, okay? Right. But also, what are the underlying problems of why you're getting mm-hmm. having these problems? Right, and that's you know? where we would start is why first. Uh, and, Jim, what did um, <laughs> Eric and, and uh, Cindy Pillow, they said something about you. Yeah, she said the little white thing looks like a trilobite. That's it. That's immediately what It looks like a her. what? Trilobite. Oh, boy, like I, little, I don't know that The little word. dinosaur-looking... Yeah, it's, uh, y- Small I, creature. I guess I'm going to have to look at that. Ruled, I can't. ruled the ocean for like 500 million years oh, or so. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. cool. Now, I have so many fossils of them. So anyway. And that is, the, that's the mealybug story. Right. But. And she says she's seeing eggs. And that's probably that's eggs probably the scale. From I don't know. She She's not going to see eggs on scale. Well, I mean, I mean, but my point is, you know, if you're seeing egg-like structures, like little bumps, you know, on the crepe myrtle, then that is the scale. Now, if you're seeing like a cluster mm-hmm. of what looks like eggs, then that's not scale. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do, or I guess the eggs are round and the scales are flat. You'll know if you got scale. You'll see the little white bumps uh, on the on the trunks and the limbs. I'm just telling you. Okay, let's go to another break. We only have 15 minutes left. I wish we had more. So we'll be right back. Lakey 990, 107.9 FM, 990 AM, KWAM. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. You can see us on Facebook. You can check out our podcast. Just put Mid-South Gardening. Yep. KWAM. Yeah. KWAM. If you want to give us a call, 260-5926. And Rebecca Maddox texted it in. And she said, this year I've seen, uh, I've seen to have an issue with bees on my hummingbird feeders. I don't mean just a few bees. I mean covering the feeders. So that's a lot of bees we're talking about. Someone else in our era mentioned that they were having the same issue. Any ideas as to why never had this issue before? So hummingbird feeders, guys, and the bees love the... The sugar water. Just as much yeah. as the hummingbirds do, right. right? I like to feed the bees that yep. way. But why more this year? Well, it could be that there's a hive nearby that wasn't there before. Yeah. Okay, that's a possibility. So just you have number, yeah. a, a greater number right. of bees there. Great. Decrease in flowers, n- less food source. Yeah. You know, say but, sterile yard. Right. My first guess is, though, that somebody has got a couple of hives nearby, and so your bee count's up. That so makes it, more can sense. Can Rebecca do anything about I mean, you well, can't stop them from going to the hummingbird feeder. Well, you, if you'll feed them... They t- they're they're pretty smart. They'll take the path of less least resistance. Okay. If you'll just put sugar water, the same thing you're doing for the hummingbirds, mm-hmm. put it in a in a, a jar lid and set it on you know across the patio or something like that. They'll usually go to that or, really? or set it further out, you know, where you can draw them away. But if you give them a constant food source, they'll learn and they'll go back to that repeatedly. They could be in the house walls even. Oh, now that's going to make her happy. I know. I thought I'd just throw that out there. You're <laughs> out in the yard way. looking for the beehives, and they're yeah. in your house. I mean, I've seen 
So, Jim, how many, Veda, Jim, how many of those little jar tops would you put out there? I mean, just well, I guess it would depend on the size of your yard. But you know, in my yard, one would be plenty. Okay, Uh, but you know, the main thing is you just want to try to draw them away from that feeder. And there's no kind of food that you put in a hummingbird feeder that wouldn't potentially attract bees. No, it's because you're you're feeding them sugar water. Gotcha. You know, and that that's it. All right, Rebecca, well, hope that'll help you out a little bit. I'd put some little jar tops out there, put the uh, sugar water in there, and uh, kind of like a yeah. a Japanese beetle trap. But, you know, and Draw it, them away from the You need theater. to have kind of a platform or something that they can land on. and, and then around and climb up Right, there. so yeah. they, d- they don't just try to hang on to the lid. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Coming right. in. A little. Well, anyway. Um, you know, hummingbirds are so fantastic. We have a hummingbird for like the past three years that flies onto the patio and just kind of flies and sits there and looks at you. Yeah, they're and looking I at your flowers. You don't have a feeder out, that's right? That's the thing. I don't have a feeder out, and I really didn't have hummingbird plants. And the place that the like they do like hibiscus, but they couldn't get to it. So I put a plant up higher and planted some hummingbird plants, and I haven't seen him. <laughs> so they they just I guess he was visiting you need, for three uh, years. But you still need to get a hummingbird feeder and put it out there. Yeah, so I was afraid to put one out far because I'm afraid my cat will try to jump on the third floor. And I'm afraid she's going to try to get the bird and just go way over. Well, there's a reason not to put one up there. (laughs) I know, but it's really killing me. I want one. Let's go to Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. You're in the Mid-South Garden. Hey, Gerald. Good morning to you, buddy. Hey. What's going on this Uh, morning? Well, uh, y'all touched on the crepe myrtles. I love it, that, that, but can I do the trench a second time? I did it early in the spring. You typically don't need to do it or have to do it a second time, Gerald, if you put enough down the first time. You know, they want you to go out there and measure the distance or measure the circumference of the trunks right. of these crepe myrtles, add that together, and that's how many ounces of that product you use in a gallon of water. And if you're using the correct amount around the crepe myrtles, you should never have to go in there and do it more than one time per year. Well, I, I think one of, one of my crepe myrtles, I may not have put enough. The other one seems to be doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, so, so it, it, you know, if that's the case, Jim, you can go you in there and add some more. And reapply, yeah. 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 Right, and you were talking about the ants. I just want to say, I've got the ants in my yard, and when the car, and they're running across the driveway and everything, and the car is sitting there, they're going up Same. And in the car. Oh, Same. man. Same. You know, yeah, I mean, that's horrible, Gerald. And for some reason, I'm telling you, in the last month, we've had more problems with ants. Uh, but that bifenferin, I mean, there are other products that have ants on the label, but bifenferin does a really good job in killing those ants. You might have to spray two or three times, 10 days, two weeks apart. But you'll knock that ant population down, I'm telling you, and it's a very safe product to use. Yeah, I would use diastomaceous earth for the inside of the vehicle. Uh, right. um, well, well, I've used I've used indoor foggers on the inside of the car for, uh, last year when the, when they did that. But also sweet basil flake. What can I do? Mm, that's a tough all one. My basil is tur- it's turning all the leaves are turning black on them all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I've, I've had several of them die off, and I've got one batch that has stayed clean. And what I've read is that this is something that is, that you have to, if you, if you get it, it's like you might as well just throw it away. Yeah, that's to what I was going to say. Pull up the dirt and everything. Well, I don't think <laughs> the dirt, yeah, Jim. Um, 
if it were mine, I would just remove the bad leaves. Um, try to shade them from the hottest sun and make sure that you don't Over overhead water, water them yeah. as much. Yeah. The drainage um, has got to be good. Drainage Sometimes they turn be black because it's too wet. You know, every yeah. time I plant basil out in eight hours of sun, it suffers. You know, it seems yeah. to do better for me in four mm-hmm. to five. So you're well, saying... I, I never had- Never had problems with it before until this year, and so this year has just been really bad. Oh, you know what uh, kind of amendment did you put in your soil when you planted them this year? Oh, are they in a container, uh, Gerald. Yes. Yeah, because uh, all your nutrients can be used quickly in a container, so long as you it maybe lift them out and re uh, or on top, actually on top of your soil, add some compost that's got a lot of minerals in it, like you can get Earth Mix or Fox Farm. Both of those are fantastic. You could put it on the top and let all those nutrients leach down into the container and make sure it's draining, of course. And like, pr- I definitely prune out the bad yeah. and, and work over uh, on it. Yeah. So well, give I've, that a well, try I've, and uh, let us know. Well, I've, uh, when, when I plant everything in my containers, I make sure and pull out a bunch of old dirt mm-hmm. and put in the new, uh, you know, uh, raised bed, mm-hmm. you know, soil and those kind of things. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, that, so that's I always put new stuff back in with them each year just for that reason. Yeah, I always put, uh, I always add soil to the existing soil that I have because you don't want to mess up all the microorganisms that are already starting in the original soil. So you can amend the soil you have unless you're dumping your soil out and it's it's a concrete almost or doesn't break up. Then you need new soil. No, you would amend that soil because it's yeah. just good to amend. Yeah, instead of replacing totally. But, Gerald, thank right, you, buddy. Well, Be careful out there and don't let those ants get back in that car, okay? Hey, hey, I lost you guys. I am so happy to hear y'all back on the, hear y'all on the radio. Thank again. you. Thanks, thanks, Gerald. We appreciate it, buddy. Um, y'all, and I think, you know, in some cases, a lot of cases, people are overwatering their basil. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really think that's a, a catalyst for a lot of these problems, including the you know, the leaves start turning black. You know, I guess he we'll call it basal blight. Uh, well-drained soil, uh, good air circulation, and don't overwater this basil. And buy your basil in the grocery store if all else fails. <laughs> there you go. I just knew you had something to say about that. I have an answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got to go. But, hey, check us out on our Facebook page, Miss South Gardening, and uh, podcast. Bring and your we'll tomatoes s- today, too. We'll be waiting right. for you. See you next weekend.